us into a revelation of what is happening in this world. Did you know that God already through the prophets prophesied what's going on in our world? Did you know the word of God has already told us why all the stuff, you can use whatever word you want to use, all the stuff's going on in this world is because in this air that we breathe, Scripture tells us that the power of the air is there, and that's satanic and and demonic. And when you attack Israel, God loves all people. But when you come against Israel, you're coming against God. And when you come against God, God will move. God's heart is that all would be saved. But when mankind chooses to go against God's people, God says, like a flood, I will raise up a standard. And that's what he's doing right now. So just let me tell you, God's already told us the end of the story. The end of the story of this is that Israel will not be driven out of the land. God will come and set up his kingdom with God's people. And so Israel will win. But what we have to do as believers, as a church, is to come against principalities and powers because there are people that are dying on all sides and going to hell because they've been deceived. And I want you to understand there are many people that are dying that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And God's Word tells us that when you take your last breath on this earth, it's too late. You can't pray Him out. You can't give a church enough money to pray Him out, whatever religion that people are in. And if you're listening online, I, I dare not want to uh, offend you But I'm speaking the word of God. God wins. Amen. God's plan takes place. Stop listening to the deception. And what we have to do as a church, we're seeing it in our own country, where people, because of demonic influence that's happening because Satan has gone after God's people People are going to rise up in anger that they don't know they have. People are going to rise up in stuff that that their heart is desirous to be right, but the anguish in their mind is so impaired by these spiritual forces that they do absolute awful things like we saw in Maine. And I want to tell you, I, I stand and I weep And I pray because God's people can be deceived in these times. Can be deceived. And we need to see past the stuff and know what God's already told us in in Scripture. If you are a believer, that means you believe the Word of God. And if you believe the Word of God, then you know what God's Word says. Matter of fact, tonight we're going to show you some more stuff. All right, and then next year, beginning of the year, we're going to show you end times. I'm not going to stand up there and try to scare anybody, but I'm going to tell you what God says in His Word. 
And it's really kind of strange that we have seen a lot of prophecy come to pass already. Because why? Because God's not a liar. And in spite of religion, in spite of deception, God's people like you and me can rise up and come against principalities and powers because God has given us the authority to rule and reign over that because why? We're in Christ and Jesus Christ has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And we, amen, go ahead and clap. And and I want to tell you, church, we have to understand this. You know, I, I, I have to watch myself because I, I'm a legend in my own athlete. I get excited about things. All right? I get excited about things. And when I get excited that I'll speak in a very strong way. But let me just tell you, it's scripture that I'm telling you about. God's word is true. Rise up. Allow the comfort of the Holy Spirit to manifest over you today, this morning. And allow God's word to just permeate every aspect of your life and your thinking. And if there are times right now you're thinking, I'm walking in fear. Pastor, what do I do? I'm telling you, begin to rest in the things of God. And it's our job. And it's our call to take that rulership over spiritual wickedness. And right now, I'm going to do that. In Jesus' name, you pray with me. In Jesus' name, I proclaim the power of the Holy Spirit to rule this whole area, our world, our earth, especially the United States of America. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that the deception we're seeing all around the country, in Jesus' name, I rebuke that in Jesus' name so that lives can be saved. They are not our enemies. They're our fellow citizens. And in Jesus' name, I proclaim that. Lord, I proclaim over our young people, over our college students, I proclaim a protection over their mind that their spirit will begin to rise up and the word that has been in them from the time they were young will begin to rise up and show them truth that they will not walk in fear, they will not walk in depression, and they will begin to walk in what you've called them to be and to become. We proclaim it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Spiritual wickedness, you foul angry spirit in Jesus' name, I bind you up and I rebuke every piece of disease and sickness that you would want to bring upon the face of this nation and the world and I come against that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We walk in the truth and that truth will lead us and guide us Father in all things. And now in a very quiet manner, I just put my hands out towards all those watching online and everyone here in this house. And I speak peace. I speak revelation over you. I speak that when you see, you see past 
physical and see what God is doing in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of all these things. Sin knows all in this world. But now we pray that the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, that all will become saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe would have everlasting life. And I thank you, Lord, that that spirit, that mindset, that thought process is permeating our thinking. And we thank you, Father, for victory because victory has past tense already been won. Hallelujah. Drink that in, church. Those watching online, understand the true enemy, a demonic influence that has done an all-out onslaught on God's people around the world and it's pictured in Israel. Lord, I thank you that in Palestine, the believers of Jesus Christ would rise up and see the miraculous power of God in the midst of war. And I thank you all around all the nations that deception has been brought in a religious manner. Christians rise up. Anointing rise up in believers all around the world and preach the gospel. I thank you for supernatural protection over the believer because they walk in righteous authority against demonic forces. Father, now I thank you for this house that cannot be a protection over their homes, over their places of residence, over their families. We celebrate Jesus Christ in this church and the victory that's already been won Father, give us a love for a people. Give us a love for a people that in the natural could be hated. I'm pausing there because you need to fill in that blank wherever you're at in your life. Give us a love. Turn it around. Turn it around that lives may be saved. Jesus, we choose you and nothing else. Lift it up. Bring it about, Father, because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the God that has set the perfect plan. In Jesus' name, we are well. Hallelujah. Can you just, just thank the Lord. Just thank him. Just, just do that. 
in your own way. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for doing this. Protecting our families and our homes. Don't you just love our worship teams? Give them an applause. Amen. Well, I guess our kids are having a blast next door. I had about 10 of them come in my office this morning for jelly beans. Maybe I shouldn't have said that because all you're going to do that now too. But uh, they're all dressed up and just having a lot of fun, the harvest party. And what we want to do is we want to intertwine things in the world to where we make it to where it really is all about is harvest, God's blessing, God's prosperity in our lives. But we want our children to have just a blast in doing that and understanding God is wanting to truly bless them. God wants to, to let them have fun. God wants us to have fun. I want to tell you, I have a lot of fun. There's a lot of laughter around here and uh, a lot of laughter going on all around because Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, we've been talking about living a grace-filled life. And we've covered many, many areas of this. But the bottom line is we're talking about grace we have learned that we know that we are saved completely and totally by God's grace through our belief or our faith. It's because of belief that we are saved. It's not because of what we do. But the question is always in the church, in the body of Christ, and even to the unbelievers when they hear the message of the gospel They talk about, yeah, but you need to do good things. Well, of course you do. We've learned that. Of course you do. But what I want to answer today is, why do our works matter? If our salvation is by faith and belief alone, it is a gift of God, not by works, but by grace through faith, then What's it matter? What's it matter if, if, if we go out and, and, and we're angry at somebody and we just hold that in or, or we, you know, unforgiveness and we hold that? Well, what's it matter? Well, I want to tell you, it matters a lot. And we're going to uh, course through this today and we're going to find out what Scripture, what the Bible, as you well know, that's what I will do. There are times that I will give you my opinion because Scripture is not completely clear on a subject. But the Bible is completely clear about grace and works, completely. And let me show you again uh, regarding this. As we continue to talk about works, we understand it by having a revelation of grace. I'll say that again. 
In order to understand why works matter, you must understand grace. You must understand grace and works and how they work together, as Scripture depicts all throughout the Bible. So let's dig deeper and answer why do our works matter. And in explaining this, I'm going to take you back to last week when we talked about uh, the two judgments that will be at the end. And we'll bring that up in a moment, but we're going to talk about the two judgments. And we're going to show you what Scripture says, these works, and the judgments that God brings on this earth to the believer and the unbeliever. Or let me say it this way, to the unbeliever and to the believer. Because when we hear the topic of judgment, we ball it all together. And God doesn't do that. God separates it. God separates even though the believer and the unbeliever do good works or bad works. All right? So how many agree with that? That you've known of people who love Jesus all their heart, they've done some bad things. How many of you know there's people that don't know the Lord and they've done some good things? All right? So then what is this thing about heaven and hell? God's this, if he's this gracious God, then why do people get sent to hell? See, those are the questions that people ask. And I want to tell you, it's not questions from people who just got to know the Lord. It's people who have known the Lord for decades. And they ask these questions because there's confusion in that, not understanding what God is saying and what Scripture says about the separation of the two, the believer and the the non-believer. So remember this, regarding grace and works, we touched on last week. When we look at the Bible, we must distinguish between our belief and our behavior. So just remember the two B's or BB. Our belief and our behavior. The difference is our belief determines where we will spend eternity, heaven or hell. Our belief determines where we will spend eternity. Our behavior, okay, remember the separation. Our behavior determines how we will spend eternity. It's whether we are saved or unsaved, how you will spend eternity. When we talk about heaven and hell, we say, oh, we're going to go to heaven. What are you going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. We're just going to go to heaven. Maybe we'll float on the clouds and, you know, whatever. Or in hell, what's going to happen in hell? Well, then everybody in hell is just going to just be beat upon all... What does God's word say about this? Because if we don't understand this, we a lot of times struggle with the gospel. And then people ask, well, how come the, you know, the, the church in America is not growing because of salvations, but just transfer growth where people come from one place to another? The bottom line is because we don't understand grace and works. Now, when I just said that, what I just said is my opinion. 
But I'm going to say it's my opinion based on my studies. The reason why we don't have a passion for people to be saved is because we truly don't understand what it means to be saved and what it entails in our life. And so this week and, and probably another couple of weeks, I've stretched it out again, is we're going to talk more about this. And by the time we're done with this series, you are truly going to understand grace and works. So our belief determines where we will spend eternity, heaven and hell, and our behavior determines how we will spend eternity in heaven or in hell to the believer and the unbeliever. Matthew 6, verse 19 and 20 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and, and steal. So it's basically talking about uh, there are two judgments. The judgment seat of Christ, remember that? Remember the great white throne judgment? All right, well, let's talk about the both of them again and explain what they are. The judgment seat of Christ is every person that is there at the judgment seat of Christ are believers. Because your salvation was already determined by your belief in Christ. So it'll be all believers that will be at the judgment seat of Christ, no unbelievers. The great white throne judgment, again, is every person there is an unbeliever because they will be judged by their works only and because of that, their works is not good enough for salvation. They rejected Christ, so they will be sent to hell. You determine this for yourself by a belief in Christ or an unbelief in Christ, which of the two you will go to. If you receive Jesus Christ, believed in Christ as your Savior, you'll be at the judgment seat of Christ, a believer. And if you reject or do not or think it's only your works that will get you in heaven, then you will be standing at the great white throne judgment because what happens for your salvation, Jesus Christ had already been judged. All you gotta do is believe. Now we found at each of the two Judgments of our works are literally the Lord is going to be the judge. So today I'm going to explain why your works matter. We're going to dig a little bit deeper. And I'm going a little bit slow here because I want you to just keep trailing with me. Keep going with me. So the judgment seat of Christ is for the believers, and the great white throne judgment is for the unbelievers. So let's begin talking about the judgment seat of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this, for we must all, 2 Corinthians 5.10 is speaking to the believer. 
So we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one, each believer, may receive the things done in the body or his works while you are alive on this earth, according to what he has done, not believed, but what he did. Okay? Whether good or bad, Scripture says. Romans 14, verse 10, is speaking to the believer. But why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So now it's beginning in Romans, he's depicting that it's of the heart. That it's not by, because there are a lot of, uh, not a lot, some evil, who have an evil heart, that will look like they've done good things. Okay? It's of the heart. I'm going to show you what happens at the judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to see in the believer what happens with your works, what you do on this earth. But before we do that, I want to give you the background so you understand why Paul writes the way he does. All right? Why Paul writes the way he does, let's give you the background of the writing of the books of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is the second letter Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. 2 Corinthians is the third letter written to the church, and we don't have the first letter. So what we have in the Bible is the second and third letter called 1 and 2 Corinthians. Paul writes the Corinthian church first a letter and they write him back, and they have questions. And when they write him back of what Paul said in the first letter, they are ans- he is answering their questions to the first letter. And we call that 1 Corinthians. We know it's his second letter because in chapter 5, he says, in the earlier letter that I wrote you, Okay, so I'm not trying to make up something to prove my point. It says that in the second letter. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says six times throughout the book, he said, now concerning the things you wrote me. So it, it proves to us there, chapter 7 and other, is that they got his letter, had questions about some of the things they said, so they wrote it back, and so in the letters he's saying, concerning the things you asked me. Okay, so it's very important you understand this because of the way he writes. It seems like sometimes he's jumping from one thing to another. He's answering their one thing to another questions that they had of the first book. Some people were saying, well, I was led to Christ by Apollos, and he taught us this. Some said I was led to Christ by Paul, and so we have a different opinion than those who were led to Christ by Apollos. So we need to connect to Paul today because 
he wrote this, and listen to me, it's something he wrote not to come against Apollos, to answer Apollos is right. But so am I. And he's giving them the understanding. So this is what I'm trying to do today is Apollos said this, Paul said this. Now, Pastor Gary is telling you what they both said. And they both agree, and we need to agree with what they all said. Amen? So are you with me? All right, so let's, let's keep going here. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about there began a division in the church. Some people were saying, you know, I'm Apollos, I'm a Paul. And so my explanation of what is written is with this background, let's now get into a conversation like we're there too. Begin to see what I'm going to show you, that they're asking questions that you have about judgment, salvation. And they're asking questions about what about our works? Do our works really matter if our salvation is by believing in what Christ did? Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 10. Now, watch the first couple words. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another build on it. Apollos, Paul. We're building on this foundation we have of grace through faith and having works because faith without works is dead. Seems like the, the word is just constantly back and forth and not understanding, but it is because when you understand grace, you understand all this. All right, so verse 10, and another builds on it, but let each one, you're the each, okay, talking to the believer, take heed how he builds on it. Take heed what you do. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, past tense, which is Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. So he's talking to the believers. Verse 12. Now, if anyone, Christians, that's us today, builds on this foundation, talking about works, talking about what we do with our belief system, all right? Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, notice now he depicts three and three. Gold, silver, and precious stones. Watch the next three. Wood, hay, and straw. Now, we touched on this last week. I just gave you something of future events, which is today. And so in the present, we need to understand that wood, hay, and straw, they're flammable. They burn up. Now remember, he's showing them Old Testament theology, showing them Old Covenant, New Covenant, that your salvation is by grace through faith, not of your works, 
lest any man should boast. Okay? And so throughout Scripture, it constantly goes to this because of confusion. Now, why is this so important? Because you're eternal beings. For eternal life, for eternal future forever, your works matter and how your future will be eternally. (laughs) You're really into this, aren't you? Okay? So that's important because there is a fire coming even for believers. Judgment seat of Christ, great white throne judgment. Judgment seat of Christ is where your works will be judged. Verse 13, each one's work will become clear, but the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, gold, silver, precious stones, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer all the the, uh, blessings he could get from that, the reward, he will suffer loss of that, but he himself will be saved. Why he himself will be saved? Even though he did all these works that weren't in the, the, the kingdom heart and kingdom mentality, is because your salvation is not based on your works. Your salvation is based on grace, receiving it by faith. So remember, belief system, belief system to be saved and, and your, your works are to be done. Remember last week, you were created, born again, for good works. Isn't it cool how the Bible just works together? So if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. Again, because we're saved by grace. But our works matter. Our works matter. You can be a believer and do eternal works or temporal works, and things you do for eternity will will last, and the things you don't do for eternity will be burned up. You will receive a reward for things you did with eternal value. You won't receive a reward for the things you did for temporal value in the flesh. In other words, when we do it, Scripture also, we're not going to take time in this because we have done a series on this before. But I want you to understand is your works do matter. And what you do in this world, it has to be done in the heart of the kingdom of God with faith, with a belief system 
Faith without works is dead. When you really believe, you act upon it. And there are a lot of people who love God, believe in God, going to heaven, and when they have eternal life, they won't have a lot of rewards. So it will affect what they will live in in God's kingdom when he sets it up. Okay, I mean, right now, you're, you're like uh, Corinthian church. You got some questions now because I'm really, I'm piercing, I'm giving you understanding and revelation, but I'm also piercing at some thoughts that maybe we're wrong. Matthew 6, 1 is the Sermon on the Mount. And this is a famous passage, being rewarded and losing rewards. Watch this. Verse 1, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. In other words, our motive. Now, somebody might know that you did it, but you didn't do it to be seen. Now, understand that when I just said that, because this is where a lot of people, while you're walking in pride, you know, giving a testimony, you're just bragging on yourself. No. You're bragging on the things that God did because you were created for good deeds. You did great things in this world, but the reality is, is just know in your heart that you just want God to be pleased. And there are going to be a lot of men that are going to be pleased because of what you did, but that's not, what you, that's not your motive. That's not your reality. And, and when you're up on a platform like I am, then there are things that people see that you do. <laughs> and then they see the things that you don't do. And they judge. But I'm glad that Jesus was already judged for me and that everything that I do on this earth is based upon my heart of why I do what I do. By the way, you have such a huge heart for people. And the amount of money that you've given for Maui and the amount of money you've given for Israel in the economy that we're living in today, well done. I see it, but I want you to know God sees it too. And God's going to honor that. And he's going to bless that because he's the one, watch, is going to bless you in secret. Verse 2, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. He's talking about the Pharisees, in the, the religious people, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. They feel good because men think they're great because they did this. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. That's the only reward they're going to get. Someone, good job, good job. But don't you want God to bless you? You do it with the heart of God. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, it's about the heart. It's not about what you're doing. And how much? That your charitable deed may be seen and your father who sees in secret, watch this, will himself 
in that secrecy, reward you openly. That's why when I see you, and I've seen so many of you in the midst of all the stuff uh, going on, economy, all that, I've seen God bless you. And I jump up and down and rejoice because I know it's not because you did it, it's because God was pleased and he blessed you. And you've lived your life out to please God. That's what a believer, when you believe in Christ, you really believe in Christ and it transforms you to bless him and by blessing him, you're blessing others. My lifestyle is always blessing others and hopefully people will see me doing it, not that they will, good job, good job, so they could do the same thing because they see me doing it, but I want to tell you, they see very little what I do. And I'm not bragging on myself here, but they see little what I do. They don't see the two minutes, the three minutes, the the text messages, the phone calls, the actions, the giving, all the different things that I do because I'm led of the Spirit and it's kingdom reality of why I do what I do. And it doesn't matter if anybody sees me. What matters is I'm, I'm obedient to the heart of God. And that's where you are today. Again, somebody might know that you did it, but I want to tell you, God knows your heart. You will either get rewards or no rewards, depending on how you do the good deed. Bottom line, that's what Scripture tells us. Notice the word himself. My thought is... The Lord himself, when I stand before Jesus Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, it will be he that will reward me. I get to stand right next to him. I want to tell you that. I get to stand right next to him. I get, he gets to come to me and says, well done, thy faithful and Servant, now, I didn't get there because of what I did. I got there because I believed in him. But because of my belief, then I acted upon that belief. And now, puts out his hand, pulls me towards him, hugs me, and says, well done. Here you go. Boom. My eternal future, where I will be. And you know what? Not many people teach on this subject. But I'm teaching you because when you really understand your salvation, it will change your life. It changes your thinking of things. Where you used to react, it doesn't cause you to react anymore. Because the way you are, what you're doing has eternal treasure to be stored. As as we read in Scripture. Just nudge somebody and say, man, this stuff's good. Go ahead, just do that. 1 John 2.28, it says, this, says, little children, that's talking to the believer, all right? And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed 
before him at his coming. See, he's talking to the believer. Why would you be ashamed when Jesus Christ returns? He's talking about works and your confidence of loving God. Why would a believer be ashamed uh, when Jesus comes? Because he realizes he wasted a lot of his life over the frivolous stuff. He got mad over this. He got angry over this. He had unforgiveness here. He acted out this way. And let me tell you, we've all been there. That's why we confess our sins to the Lord. We've all been there. But get back in line. Here's here's the way I say it, is that when I mess up like that with my works, and it's like, oh, I'm just going to do it. You know, and I mess up like that. You know what I do? I go to the Lord and say, God, man, you know, yeah, I know, Gary. You've done that many times through the years. No, he didn't say that because he doesn't hold it against me. Unless I don't ask for forgiveness. But see, he caps it in a sea of forgetfulness. And when you come to him and say, he goes, oh, man, yeah, I saw that. You're forgiven. And you get right back in the reward line. (laughs) See, as in the world, not everybody gets a trophy. And we have to understand that. When you live your life and, and you're basing rewards and all that on doing nothing in the heart of the kingdom, then we, we have a struggle in this world. Now, because he realized he's wasted his life, he put his faith in Christ, but he never got around to attending OSL. He never did take the challenge of being a tither. He never had a passion to give into the kingdom. He never witnessed. He just attended church. He really believed, but didn't make his time on the earth count. And I'm asking you, from this day forward, let's make our lives count. It's not how people react to you. It's how you walk in God's love towards people. We need to abide in him. That's called the judgment seat of Christ. Well, let's look at the second judgment now. And this isn't as good of news, but it is great news because it empowers us to go and witness. The great white throne judgment, remember every person at this judgment is an unbeliever. In Revelation 20, verse 11, this is where we pastors get the the name you know, the great white throne judgment is not just what we entitled it. Verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Talking to the unbeliever. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books, notice plural, were opened And another book, singular, was open, which is the book of life. Are you born again or not? But the books are all our works recorded that we did in Kingdom Heart. 
So right there, do you see that in the scripture? Belief and behavior. Belief and behavior. If you believe in Jesus, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but there are books that are recording our works. I want them to have to write a whole book for me of good works. I do. There are books. But I want to tell you, if you are not in the book of life, your works do not matter in the sense of whether you're going to heaven or hell. If you're not in the book of life, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior on this earth, you will go to hell, but you might be a really good person doing good things. Uh, Just keep that in mind because I'm going to show you something. Verse 12, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead and were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works, and his works didn't make him to go to heaven. You can't, I can't do anything good enough to go to heaven. I just have to believe and receive Jesus Christ. Now I told you, Remember this, that there are degrees of rewards and there are degrees of punishment for the unbeliever. Let me just give you an illustration here so you understand what I'm talking about. The guy who never gets in the Word, never goes to OSL, never witnesses, does not tithe faithfully, or does not give generously, will he receive the same rewards as the one who does? It's a question. No. So, will the guy who does not believe in Jesus, and he seems to be a fairly good guy, but defiantly says no to Christ, saying, I will not give my life to Christ. I don't believe. I'm an agnostic. But again, he lives a fairly good life, goes to work, has a family, provides for his family, and his family are believers, but he's not. He goes to hell because of unbelief separated from his family and God. But will he receive the same torment as Hitler will? Hmm. In other words, he goes to hell because of unbelief. But he was a good guy. He won't receive the same torment as others. In hell. But let me just say this to you and everybody listening. What worse thing could be than to be separated eternally from God. That's why if you're here today and you're watching, you're listening, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, believe and receive him as your Lord and Savior, your works, no matter how good, how much money you gave, billions of dollars, whatever it is, won't get you to heaven. But you'll do good things but your torment in hell won't be as bad as others. It's right there in Scripture. 
but it's never taught, and, and we, we, don't, we just ball everything together. And I want to tell you, me going to heaven, I could go to heaven because I believe in Christ, but I would have zero rewards because I still lived in my sin all the time. I still acted out of anger. I still acted out of these things. And I want to tell you is that God is saying to us, listen, I love you so much. I changed you. I gave you a new spirit. You are a new creation. And old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Today, you can change everything in your life because you are not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's where it's at. That's why that woman with the mites, remember, giving a little and everybody else was, look what I'm giving. Jesus said she will have more blessings than all of them. Because their works, they wanted to do it before men were like wood, hay, and stubble, and it will be burned. Nothing will produce nothing. And that's what God is bringing to us today, is we need to understand God will judge each and every person according to his works. It matters how we live. Again, we go to heaven because we believe. We go to hell because we don't believe. Now, let me show you uh, degrees of torment in hell. Matthew eleven twenty, Jesus is talking. Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done. In other words, all the miracles, there's a few cities, a lot of miracles took place because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Tyre and Sidon were well known for tormenting the prophets and for idol worship. And they say, you're going you're gonna to get less than that, okay? Verse 22, but I say to you, it will be more tolerable, that means less suffering for Tyre and Sidon who rejected Christ in the day of judgment than for you. This is about level of judgment. Matthew eleven twenty three, and you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. It would have produced fruit. Jesus is saying, they would have repented, and my father would have not destroyed Sodom. Sodom would be here today because they repented of their sin if you would have walked in the works in me. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. This is what Jesus is saying. We live in the United States of America seeing God's favor because we are founded on the principles of God's word, our constitution. And we don't witness, we don't give. Many people haven't seen or experienced what we have. They don't believe because our works are not done in kingdom reality. And they don't accept Christ. Why are our works so important? Because 
They don't see the spiritual. God sees the spiritual in you. But they see what you do. They see how you respond to your neighbor. They see all these things. And, you know, and, and some of us are sitting here going, oh, man, I don't like this sermon. I, you know, I feel like you're condemning. No, I'm not. God's not condemning. What I'm telling you is this. God has set it up for you to so prosper in your life. But you don't prosper by doing it out of flesh. You believe in Jesus Christ and walk in his ways, blessing others, and God will reward you a hundredfold. Many people around the world live in dark places and they need us. There are people who are in the midst of this war who have been living in a dark world for a long time and they don't know because God's people do not have a passion for the lost. Romans 2.5, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God in accordance or to the degree. The words treasuring up, Jesus said, store up treasure in heaven to the believer. Unbelievers are storing up wrath for themselves in hell for what they do wrong. I'm not trying to scare us, but I'm giving you facts. Also, if you say, well, I'll believe in Jesus to go to heaven and live by the way you want to, I'm saying to you, I question whether you really believed. Because what Scripture tells me here, and we, we see it here in the church, how you guys you know, have just absolutely just grown and just the, your, your worship and things that you do today. I mean, we don't even have to say things anymore and you're doing things. You're doing ministry because you're growing in the Word. But I'm, I'm just trying to bring you to a place of understanding that your works do matter. Belief doesn't happen until you change the way you think. Our believing system needs to also change the way we think. People will come to me, uh, my peers will come to me and say, Pastor Gary, because I'm mentoring them, they'll say, well, why don't you? I said, because that's between them and God. That's not between, but what I'm to do is to love them. What I'm to do is sometimes not even respond or react or even act on it, but walk in prayer even though everything looks like it's fallen apart. You learn how to live according to the Spirit, not according to your flesh. Because if you live according to your flesh, it'll all be burned up at the judgment seat of Christ as a believer. I'm like a doctor telling you the facts, so let me just throw this out to you. Here they are. You have a disease, and from it, you will die. But we have a cure You will die from that disease, but we have a cure. So every one of us has this disease, and the disease was called sin. But we have a cure. It's called, or he's called, Jesus Christ and his blood alone. That's the cure. 
Now, did you know, Scripture says some believers will receive a stricter judgment? Did you know that? Man, God's mean. No, he's not. He's righteous. The only one that can be just or the only one that brings justice in our world is God himself. And we fight to do all that. But Scripture says some believers will receive a stricter judgment. You know who? I will. That tall guy over there sitting down, he will. Over here, uh, in the process of licensing and licensed ministers. By the way, uh, Ryan and Melissa have gone the next step and gotten their licensing, and, and ordination will happen soon. So can you give them a great hand? James 3.1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Let's all stand. <laughs> I, would, I would like to do like a commercial. It would be hilarious. But here's the commercial or just a little uh, video. And the beginning of it will start this way of teaching what I just taught you. And it'll open up and it'll be my face. And I'll go, God is watching And he's watching. But you know what he's really watching? You doing good works in the spirit of God and in kingdom heart and reality. And he's watching. And he's storing up. He's like the banker. He's storing up blessings. But did you know scripture also, we'll touch on that in the next couple of weeks, says that you can bring that treasure in earth. You can begin to live by faith in such a way. And, you know, faith has gotten a, a bad term, not because of the people who really walked in great faith. It's because people don't understand grace. You can have great faith because you understand your salvation is not by your works. Your belief is in a God who loves you so much. He'll do anything for you according to what he's already promised. And all you have to do is walk in faith and receive it. So I want to tell you, I'm doing the best I can. I mess up, but I'm doing the best I can to store up treasure in heaven. Because my eternal future is going to be good. And let me tell you, I'm not talking about a mansion because that's wrong translation. In his house are many rooms. In other words, give you room to live your life eternally. It's not a mansion. It's wrong terminology. Wrong translation. It's give you room to live eternal life. And a lot of that treasure, the way you live, is by how you live today. And I thank God for 1 John 1 9. You should too. He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins when I confess it. Because, man, I still, anybody else like me have ever said this to yourself? Where did that come from? You ever said that? 
Some of you are so pious. I want to pray for you. And I, what I want to do uh, this morning is to pray, the Holy Spirit showing me, is to pray the power of God will move so quickly and powerfully there will be such revelation of what I just taught you. And that revelation will turn things around very quickly for you. Some of you that are facing struggle. In Jesus' name, I proclaim Father, that you are rewarding us. That you are moving in our lives, stirring us in so many different ways. Sometimes even the things that seem like bad or wrong, it's like bumper pool that has bumped us back in line. God, you don't use evil to test us. Father, you test us. And in our test, Father, I proclaim a blessing, an anointing, a revelation that's so pure that nothing will stop us from moving through the tribulation in victory because we know the truth that sets us free from all fear. For those who don't know Jesus Christ, you have not believed yet, receive him in Jesus' name. And when you do, your growing begins. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you, Lord, for Spanish service this afternoon, OSL, and the Bible study tonight. Blessings upon everything. And I pray an amazing protection over every home during this demonic influence time frame. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Love you. See you tonight.